Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Force of Light podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Michelle Smith, and I'm so glad you're tuning in today's episode, and I hope as always that it is a blessing to you. If you have not yet, I encourage you to please subscribe to the podcast. That way, every time I upload a new episode, is right there in your library. Also, leave me a kind review and share this with anyone that you think, you know, this would be a blessing to this person. Then I encourage you to share this podcast. That way we can get it out to more listeners. Well, today I have another special guest. I have my friend uh, Regina uh, Wilhelm. So why don't you tell them hello? Hello. I'm happy to be with you today. <laughs> yes, yes. Glad to have you. And for those listening, last time I had a friend, Misty, who I met at my at the seminary we went to. And I also met you, Regina, at the seminary. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just having all my seminary <laughs> peers on with me. But we are going to be talking as the country moves forward and it's October and we have a massive well, we have an election, which the presidential, let's be real, the presidential election is the one we focus so much on, it seems, yes. in this country. But regardless of even the election, as I say, I feel like it has now become something I say on every episode, 2020 has been an unusual year. And let's add on top of that an election year. So there's a lot going on in America. And with that in mind, I wanted to, it's kind of continuing off the, what we've been talking about the past two episodes. I wanted to bring Regina on. As I said about Misty, I said she's someone that I will call when I need prayer. Regina is also someone that I will call or text when I need prayer. So I wanted to bring her on today to talk about praying for the nation and kind of just kind of what we as Christians should be doing uh, you know, the rest of this year, really, in America until we kind of see some changes. And really, this goes when I, I'm going to we're going to be specific to America because we do have a big election. But for those listeners outside of America, I, I also this could be applied to your country, because in general, I have prayed more for the world as a whole this year than I probably ever have. Yes. And, it, and I think the pandemic just kind of taught me to pray more for everyone, really in many ways. So you you also, if listening outside of America, can listen to this and grasp things for you to pray for your country and, and where you are. But we will keep that in mind. So as we kind of move into discussing prayer, um, I just want to say before uh, I let Regina talk some, uh, Jesus, you know, she talk, talk about prayer, and I know I've said this now multiple times. I'm going to make everyone who listens to this remember this quote from John Wesley, where he said that God will do nothing apart from the prayers of his people. Mm-hmm. And the powerful thing about that is he did not say God could not do anything, but that God would not do anything. And what is being said there is that, yes, God is sovereign, but God has worked it in such a way, formed this world in such a way that he has designed it that we are his ministers on this earth and we are to bring about God's will. That's again, as I brought up last week, as Jesus said, when you pray, pray, uh, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we as the people of God are called to pray. And as we pray, as James tells us in the will of God, it will be done. James says when you when we pray and don't get an answer, it's because you pray not in the will of God. But if we do pray in the will of God 
and ask the Holy Spirit as we pray to, to lead us in prayer. And that way we know when we leave, our prayers are heard and they're answered. Uh, they will be answered whether they take time or not. But anyways, Jesus too, kind of thinking, and, and I will pass it off to Regina, anything she wants to say. I was thinking too, just adding, because sadly, so few people, statistically speaking, prayer is something that has been ignored to a great extent in this, well, not just this country, but in every country amongst Christians, sadly, people do not spend really enough time in prayer. And I just want to point out that Jesus said when they asked him of how to pray, Jesus said, when you pray, he did not say, if you pray. (laughs) So it is implied that all Christians, all Christ followers are to pray and, and to believe, go in to the you know, spiritually speaking, you know, Jesus says, go in your prayer closet, but to enter into that place, knowing one, that God hears you. You know, oftentimes when I pray, I'll say, God, I thank you that you hear me today. So know that God hears you, but also know that God will answer you as you pray and as you pray in the will of God. So I will just kind of let Regina say anything you want to say as far as prayer and specifically praying as we move closer to this election? Well, um, thinking about the prayer that Jesus, the, the, the sample prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, I've been drawn to the fact that he seemed to be implying that united prayer yes. was important. If you look at the pronouns, he says, our father, yes. not my father, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. So to me, that implies that he intended that we would be praying in unison with each other. And I think that that is something that I have felt a greater burden for as we approach this election. I have been more intentional about praying in agreement Yes. With other people. And there are some wonderful prayer initiatives right now for anyone who would be interested in participating in that. I think one of the advantages is there is some accountability. Yes. uh, When you make a commitment saying that I'm going to pray at this time on these days, um, it keeps you accountable. Well, and that's a a good point about him, uh, Jesus saying, you know, using those Uh, pronouns that imply multiple people. Uh, You know, thinking of scriptures, the Bible talking about prayer, it says that if one can put, speaking of angels, if Mm -hmm. one can put a thousand angels to flight, it says two can put 10,000 to flight. Yes. So you literally double your efforts when... And I am someone who loves to pray by myself, and and that and, and corporate prayer with other people doesn't take away your private prayer life. Right, you should do both. Mm-hmm. But I think for certain things, uh, whether you're facing a situation personally in your family or, uh, you know, over this this nation and this pandemic and this election, I think there are times it is wise to team up with someone. You know, if if there maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's. Uh, a friend that you rely on to pray with and begin to agree together. And that doesn't even necessarily mean you're praying at the exact same time, like on the phone or something. You can just even set aside times that you two both are going to agree and begin to pray about something. Yes. I mean, and there are promises in Scripture Yes, that um, support uh, that God hears prayers of agreement. Yes. 
Yes, definitely. I mean, what is the the scripture off the top of my head? I'm I'm drawing a blank at this moment. But that if if any two people touch, touch an, an agreement, agreement mm-hmm. yes, that it will be done. Mm-hmm. So you definitely, we all do have to begin to pray together. But I mean, what scriptures do you have written down over there? You know, um, something too I was thinking of is when I'm talking about this election, um, it really is as far as praying. I believe there are clearly some agendas that are not just anti-American as far as one of our founding fathers started. They're anti-God. Because as I brought up, kind of this this Marxist movement that you see that they may try to hide and say they're not, but, well, no, actually some of them are just it's very bold about it. They, mm-hmm. they are. It's very anti-God. I mean, literally, yes. literally on a tax-funded African-American museum, the Smithsonian in Washington, Washington, D.C., they they published something that talked about whiteness, and it literally said that a part of white supremacy is Christianity. And, I mean, that made me honestly angry. Like, that is demonic Mm -hmm. and that is wrong because African-Americans have such a heart, I believe, for God and I believe they are trying to weaken that and attack yes. that. And it made me mad, honestly, reading that. But that's kind of that Marxist crap in general. Like, it's very anti-God. It's very anti-family. It's anti-pretty much everything of, of core value to Americans for the most part. And that is definitely on the agenda. And that is definitely a segment coming for, you know, this country. And I just personally believe that that has to be opposed. Because things like I just said... That's just wrong. It's not biblical, it's not scriptural, and it's wrong, and it needs to be opposed. And that's where I believe intercessory comes in, intercessory prayer, to stand in the gap, mm. to pray for you know someone or something. And I believe that is where we are called as Christians to truly begin to pray for this country, to pray against stuff like that, to pray against that lie from coming against you know, in that case, it's African-Americans, but I mean, it can be multiple different things. I mean, there's just so many lies of the enemy right now. Absolutely. And I think part of the problem with a lot of people in the church is that they have become disheartened. Yes. Uh, Some of them have prayed, they have voted, they have been active in every way they know to be, and yet we have seen our country slip farther and farther away from uh, from God and from uh, the principles of Scripture. Yeah. And I think people get disheartened. Yes. And again, that that's where making a commitment to pray and being a part of a larger prayer initiative, uh, I think that 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 helps keep us encouraged. Yes. Um, that we don't grow weary in well-doing, as the Scripture said. Because if we go to the Scripture, we, which is what we have to do, one of my uh, favorite verses from the Psalms is Psalm 116, 1 through 2. And it says, I love the Lord because he hears and answers my prayers. Yes. And listen, this is the part I love. It's a beautiful picture. Because he bends down and listens, I will pray as long as I have breath. In other words, if I'm breathing, I'm praying. We almost have to get to that point, or I think we do. We have to get to the point that as long as I'm alive, 
I will pray because God hears me. He bends down and he listens. Well, it goes back to Paul would say, don't cease to pray. You know, basically, don't quit praying. Keep on praying. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we do have to keep pushing and praying and praying against things. I mean, again, sorry for those that are in a different country listening. I'm speaking of Mm -hmm. our situation. I mean, I believe it was... I believe just this past week, I heard one candidate say that if they were president, they would make abortion the law of the land, was the quote. And to me, as a Christian, that should be disgusting, that a president would desire to make that the law of the land. I mean, for starters, that's a state issue. But secondly, that they just, you know, it's so wonderful, it's such a right, that's grand. That's that's so oppo- opposite to what God believes. And I sadly mm-hmm. just saw a statistic, speaking of abortion, that said, I believe it was 43% of quote-unquote Christians don't have a problem with abortion. And I said, then they, I had to retweet, I said, then they've not read the Bible. Because, I mean, kind of right there in the Ten Commandments is, thou shall not kill. Yes. And of course, you know, if anyone, I, I know people actually who have had an abortion. And I mean, obviously, if you have, and I know people that are in ministry that have had one, and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously if you're listening and you have, there is forgiveness from that as there is yes. for everything. And yes. God can redeem, you know, that situation. Uh, so I don't want to condemn anyone listening who might have done that in your past. Um, but, I, I, and I think if you've done that in your past and you are have repented, you understand how traumatic it can be. Yes. Uh, so I think, you know, I'm just bringing up examples. My point is, is there's a lot of things on the table that to me are kind of disgusting. I mean, if you really look at it and very anti-God in all reality. And and things have gotten to such an extreme. Yes. That I cannot imagine anyone who cannot see the demarcation. Yeah. <laughs> that we are contemplating when we go and vote yes, uh, in this election. Well, and in saying that, is there, out of our two candidates, is there some righteous option? Uh, no, probably not. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't really think that. And that's honestly not the way as a Christian I vote. Because if I would just wait it around for this righteous Christian candidate, I'm probably never going to vote in all reality. Mm-hmm. I'm just being real on that. But I believe as a Christian, I am going to vote for whoever, what party, whichever party truly believes in upholding freedom of speech and religious freedom. And if you look around, freedom of speech is under attack in this nation. Absolutely. And let's just be real. You cannot have religious liberty without having freedom of speech. Because if you begin to impart on one, you're infringing on the other. Like they go hand in hand. And, I mean, I said this, I tweeted this out this week. Uh, You know, when our founding fathers establish separation between uh, church and state, it was not for the reason of protecting the state from the church, as we've, you know, forced in our country for years now. Mm -hmm. It was for the purpose of of protecting the church from the state, from coming in and infringing upon our rights to believe what we believe and to preach what we preach. And that was the purpose. And that's, again, as we talk, we just have to, I truly pray that people's eyes will be open to what's going on and to what's behind some of these things. Absolutely. 
um, I was drawn to 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2, that says, I urge you, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, yes. for kings and all those in authority. And here's why. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Now that tells us. Yes what our standard ought to be when we vote. We want to vote for people who will promote Pretty much the ability, freedom. Yes, yeah. freedom <laughs> and the ability for us as the people of God to live, live peaceful, quiet yes. lives, godly and holy. Yes. And we can't do that when we can't meet yeah. As a body, when we are, um, you know, when, when we're not free to communicate from the scripture. Yes. Well, and look at that. I don't know if any of you have been paying attention to what's going on in New York City right now. This past week, you may know, it was some uh, Jewish holiday in, like, their religion. Mm-hmm. And they finally just were like, forget this, to the mayor and to the governor of New York and they were out they were out basically with a religious uh, celebration slash protest in the streets mm-hmm. because they refused to be shut down as the governor threatened that he was going to have police there to shut them down. And it's just kind of there comes a point, is this America? Like was America literally not founded on the idea of of freedom of religion and things like that. I mean, the idea that there's cops shooing away these Jewish people from celebrating their religion is disgusting and really needs to be pushed against, in my opinion. I'm actually a little disappointed in how some Christians just, oh, yeah, it's just all for our safety. Like, are you truly that naive? (laughs) I mean, mean, I'm just being honest. Like, I understand I I don't want my grandparents to go to church because they're in a bracket that it would be very bad for them if they got it. Um, And for the most part, they just do online. So be wise. I'm not telling you not to be wise. But for young people, I mean, there comes a point like my freedom, uh, you know, for for something that has a like 0.02% chance of me dying. I mean, Mm -hmm. my freedom is more important at a point. Yes. But the whole point is you have the right to decide what is best for you. Yes, exactly. And it may be one thing for one person, your grandparents. Yes. uh, Another for you. Correct. Yeah. And I mean, again, at what point, I feel honestly bad for people. Do you want the government to be your God? At what point do you take responsibility and make wise decisions based on you do you have pre you know pre-existing conditions? Are you in a dangerous category? Uh, I think we're all smart enough to make those decisions, but apparently some governors don't think we are. <laughs> it, it's an unusual time. It, it is. <laughs> it is an unusual time, and I can tell you that um, in the few months that I have have uh, been in a an attitude of structured regular prayer time for um, the nation and the election, I have felt the Holy Spirit redirect me somewhat in the way I have been praying. Um, I feel like he has, you know, the scripture tells us that, yeah, that the Holy Spirit knows the will of God, yes. and he teaches us how to pray. He prays through us. 
And so I can, you know, just being transparent, I can tell you that he has adjusted uh, the way I look at some things and the way I pray. Um, One of the insights that has been very helpful to me um, in continuing to intercede is that things are not what they appear to be. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What we cannot see is more significant than what we can see. Hold on, can I say this before you keep going Mm -hmm. on? I I remember I even texted you a few weeks ago. The Lord really impressed this upon me, and I speak this to everyone listening. And that was, it goes back to what you just said. The Lord impressed upon my heart that God is working in the unseen places. Yes. Well, Hebrews 11.3, you know, in the Hall of Faith chapter, verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was made out of what was not seen. Yes. So that tells me, if I, if I were to rephrase that, that tells me, the raw materials for everything we see came from the unseen world. Yes, good point. Which, which says to me also that what we can't see is more significant than yes. what we can see. Yes. And I find that very comforting as I pray <laughs> for our country right now because you don't see too much that encourages you no. that your prayers are making a difference. Yes. You see a glimmer of hope now and then, but I felt like the Holy Spirit has been reminding me things are not what they appear. Yeah. There are important, substantive things taking place that you cannot see. Yes, and that's where the past two episodes I brought up the example of Daniel and the angel, Gabriel coming. Because if there's any story that shows that things are going on in the unseen, even though it's not happening, manifesting in your life in the seen realm, it's that story. Because the angel Gabriel, when he arrives, tells Daniel, I was God sent me the moment you began to pray over the situation, mm-hmm. but I got held up. And I believe it was around 20 days that he was held up by some demonic force. And, you know, that just gives you a clear picture that sometimes you pray and you're like, well, nothing's changing. But you have to remember that we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes. That you're not always going to see that change immediately. But that's where almost I want to give you an image of taking out like a sledgehammer and just keep chipping away. Like keep going to town basically because that thing's going to break. Like if you keep going, if you, as Paul says, don't cease to pray. Don't quit praying. Keep on praying. Yes. Um, if we do that, then you're going to see like Daniel the results. Amen. Amen. Well, I think another insight that has come to me as I have prayed for the country, and that is it matters how we pray. Not just that we pray, but it matters how we pray. And I'm not talking about a prayer formula, but a perspective of prayer that acknowledges that Jesus died for all people. Yes. And that God's ways and purposes are always redemptive. You know, uh, a human response uh, many times, as you 
hear news reports, read news reports of riots in the street, of of businesses being burned, of uh, just, you know, some of the positions that uh, politicians are openly yeah. and and boldly taking in this time. Um, it It's almost as if you want to, you, you get angry, yeah. you get frustrated because you know that that is not right. You know that that is not something that God could bless. And so when you go to prayer from that place, yeah. you, you know, you, the tendency is to pray out of anger, is to pray out of frustration. But, and I thought about, you know, uh, in Luke chapter 9, there was a situation where Jesus was intending to go to Jerusalem to worship. And he sent messengers ahead of him to a Samaritan village to prepare for his passage. Well, when the messengers arrived there, you know, there was this animosity between the Samaritans and the Jews. Yes. They did not welcome them. They were not going to allow their passage. So the messengers returned. And when James and John heard this, they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them? And sometimes I feel that way. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when I begin to pray, yes, you know, Lord, just... Just deal with it, you know? Yes. But then the Holy Spirit began to remind me that... We wrestle not against flesh and blood. (laughs) Yes, and that Jesus died for for all. all, And that I must remember that and I must pray from that truth and that God is redemptive. And so my prayer began, began to change. My attitude began to change. And I began to pray for these young people who are out rioting on the streets, Um, you know, and I thought about, you know, many of them have not been parented the way they needed to have been parented. They have not had advantages uh, that many of us have had, not making excuses, but trying to have compassion and to get to the point where I could pray from a heart of compassion. Yes, um, and and I pray that way with po- for politicians. I mean, yeah. I actually pray for some of the leaders in in uh, in Congress. Uh, I do too, Congress, Senate, and, and, all and of in them. the media who are absolutely uh, against everything that I believe and stand for. But you know, I think the Lord began to deal with me. Um, wouldn't it be wonderful? If, if some of these people came to faith in Christ. Yeah. Oh, I mean, definitely. I mean, we it would change at, our country. <laughs> look at the Apostle Paul. Yeah. The greatest persecutor of the church had a, an encounter with God and it changed him. And he became the greatest advocate for the gospel. Well, my Lord, look at, going back to Daniel, look at Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was an evil man who had done treacherous things, Mm -hmm. and he proclaims God as God, and I think genuinely had a conversion by the time you read his story in chapter 4. I believe it's pretty clear, at least Mm -hmm. the way I read it, that something very genuine had taken place in his life. And, And there's a scripture, and I forget it off the top of my head, of where it is exactly, you may know, mm-hmm. that talks about the king's heart being in God's hand. Yes. It might be in Daniel. I don't I'm not sure. I'd have to Google that one. Yeah. But 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 the king's heart is in God's hand. It says that God can turn it the way God wills. 
And we need to be praying for, I've prayed for every president that we've had, yes. that God would turn their heart and they would do the right thing for this country and for the people. And again, if you're outside of this country, pray that over your, uh, you know, whether it's your prime minister or whoever is in whatever country and your mm-hmm. whatever their title is, pray that. And, you know, coming back to, I think, again, we have to understand the power that, that there is in prayer. If we truly understood the power of prayer, we would pray more. And if we understand our roles, we as Christians are not just supposed to be consumers that sit back and get fed every Sunday and don't do anything. No, you are called by the name of God and you are to be an ambassador of Christ and to be a minister of the Lord, every single one of us. And I, I pulled up. Uh, 1, Peter, 1 Peter 2 and 9, it says, speaking to all of us Christians, it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who was called, who's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. But there's something I want to focus on there. And that is, it comes back to this idea of intercession to me. Because when he calls us, he proclaims every person listening to me, he proclaims you a royal priesthood. And what was one of the main activities that the priest used to do in the Old Testament? They would make intercessions for the people. And you and I are called, we are a royal priesthood. And God has gifted us, given us that authority that we are like the priest of old to make intercessions, whether that's, again, that goes back to standing in the gap, whether that's for a people, a person, or whether that's for a whole nation. We are to stand in the gap and to make intercession on people's behalf, on the church's behalf, the nation's behalf, uh, whatever, the world's behalf. But that is a part of our job. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, I remembered a quote that I had heard some time ago, and I don't even—I don't even remember the source, but I got the point. Yes, <laughs> um, and it is—it goes like this: Your real enemy never wears a human face. Yes, we have got to get behind personalities, and we have got to be discerning about what's what's really behind. Yes, or rather, who's really behind uh, what what's going on, and when we can do that. Um, we begin to frame the battle in the way that we need to. Well, that goes back to, I know you all listening have heard me say principalities uh, working through, or principalities working through personalities. Yes. And that truly is the case. I, I remember years ago, the Lord dealt with me that in order to truly love your enemy, as we are called to love our enemy, that in, the key to that scripture is understanding where Paul says you wrestle not against flesh and blood. Like you can only truly love your enemy when you recognize that whatever's behind, there's something behind them. There's something behind that. And that's what you're truly wrestling with. And then when you can, it allows for a level of compassion for the person to kind of love them through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But is there anything else that you had? I, I wanted to bring up this scripture, which I know we have all heard. But there's a reason why it's quoted so often, mm-hmm. and that is 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. Mm-hmm. And my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven 
and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And I think, too, you know, we all definitely need to be doing that. And I've even been praying. Obviously, I asked for the Lord, you know, if I have anything for forgiveness often. But also, I've been praying that the Lord would have mercy on this country. Yes. Have mercy. Because there have been many sins of this nation. Uh, at, like all nations, it's flawed. It, there's been sins. There's been, I mean, think of, like, you know, going back to the issue of abortion, how many Millions of babies are murdered every year. Yes. Um, and that's just one issue. There's multiple issues. And I've just been asking the Lord to have mercy on this nation because even though wickedness has definitely been done in it and through it, there also it also has allowed religious liberty that has allowed the people of God to flourish in this nation. And even I mentioned how from the Azusa Street Revival in the 1900s, it sent shockwaves all around the world from America. Right. And there is no doubt that missionaries being sent from this country, and likewise, you know, before, I mean, in England, they've had tons of missionaries and things, different places. I'm not saying just America. I'm saying in the last hundred years or so. Um, My point is, is there has been so much good that has been able to happen because of that constitution that we have, and that pesky constitution that gets in the way of some people's <laughs> agendas these days. Um, but I just pray that, and I, I encourage you to be praying that, that the Lord would forgive us for all the treacherous things that have been done, you know, especially in, in the past and even today, and that God would have mercy on this country, which has allowed the people of God to prosper. Yes, yes. Um Psalm 89:14 says righteousness and justice are the foundation of your th- your throne speaking of God righteousness and justice and then mercy and truth go before you yes and i find that an interesting pairing there because sometimes we either kind of um lean more toward mercy and neglect to stand for truth yes or maybe we're too heavy on the truth side and <laughs> and neglect the mercy. Yes. But I thought it was interesting that jo- that God, who is righteous and just, all of his ways, all of his edicts are righteous and just. And mercy and truth, both of those, proceed from his throne. Yeah. And so I, I, I pray, Lord, help me to know how to hold both of those, mercy and truth. I think that's part of the problem, you know, with the church in America today is we have not known how to be. Another translation says loving kindness and truth proceed from your throne. We have not known how to exemplify both of those. Yes, we go for one or the other. Yes, yes, we, we don't know. And, and, of course, Jesus is our example, and that's been another prayer of mine. Jesus, you did it perfectly. Yes. You, you didn't fail to confront what needed to be confronted, but you did it in a way that did not put people off and was redemptive. Yes. And I think that is where, that's where we've missed it, and, uh, you know, in, in my prayers for the country, I repent for the church. I yeah. repent for myself. Yes. Because, you know, just saying, Lord, I have not known how to do this. You need to teach me how to do this. You need to teach the church how to do this. Yes. 
Yeah, definitely. That's very excellent points. And, you know, as we probably kind of wrap up and I'll let you say anything else that you want to say, mm-hmm. uh, something I've been praying really since this pandemic hit, and that is that, and I mean this globally, that God would turn people's hearts back towards the Father. Yes. That God would use this, um, you know, all over this this world to truly soften people's hearts back towards God. And I have found that the enemy always goes one step too far. Mm. And I think maybe some of the chaotic stuff that's going on, maybe it had to be that chaotic to get all of these people in our attention to truly begin to pray, to truly wake up and maybe to even turn people back towards God. Maybe people that are like, wow, this is way too extreme for me. (laughs) And maybe it begins to turn their hearts back and soften their hearts back towards morality, towards righteousness, towards, uh, you know, a holy God. And I just pray that that continues. And I pray that people's eyes are open. I know I bring this up. I've brought this up multiple times, but it's because it bothers me deeply. I mean, it should bother us as Christians. Uh, the fact that in China, and I pray for, I prayed for his heart too, that God would get a hold of that man's heart. But the yes. the uh, ruler of China, who currently has Muslims in concentration camps, mm-hmm. um, I mean, my Lord, uh, it's it's terrible, and there's just a lot to be praying about. <laughs> there is, and I don't want to overwhelm you with all these things because there is so much. But just begin to take time and maybe have someone that you begin to say, hey, we're going to agree on this point, this point, this point, and we're going to begin to pray. And we're going to pray for our country. We're going to pray for this world. We're going to pray, you know, of course, obviously pray for your own personal life. But set, I'm trying to say set some extra time aside. Maybe maybe it's even a couple times a week that you just specifically pray over this election over what's going on in our country, what's going on in the world, and, you know, dedicate it to that and realize that you are a royal priesthood and that you are called to make intercessions on the people's behalf. And if we will do that, God will hear us from heaven and heal our land. Yes, yes. Um, Trying to land on a a positive, encouraging note. (laughs) Yes. Um, I have recently been drawn to Isaiah chapter 9, um, a familiar passage. Most of us hear it. Um, Handel's Messiah uh, oh, yeah. around Christmas time. Yes. For unto us is born, unto us a son is given. And this this is the part that stood out to me. And the government will be on his shoulder. Yes. And then if you go down to the next verse, and it says, of the greatness or increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That is very comforting, encouraging to me, talking about Jesus. Isaiah was announcing that the one that we've waited for, the king is coming. Yes. Now, we know his his kingdom that he established and he introduced was not what Israel expected. Yes. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he is king of kings and the government is on his shoulders, and there will be no end to the increase of his government and yes. peace. Now, I just find that very encouraging. Yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely keep that in mind as you go throughout your day, and I encourage you, too, to ask big. 
You know, we serve a big God. We serve, oh, she, she has a shirt. I didn't just notice that. Regina has a shirt on that says pray big. Yeah, like pray big. Like don't, don't be afraid to ask God for, and I'm not saying ask God for a Mercedes or, you know, stuff no. like that. That's not what I'm saying. Ask big. Ask big for our country or your country, wherever you are. Ask big for uh, your family. Uh, you know, truly pray uh, big prayers because we serve a big God who is moving, I believe, in the unseen places. And I believe it's going to begin to surprise some people in what God does and how God reveals God's self in this time. Yes. So that that's kind of it for our discussion. Uh, I, again, I hope that you are encouraged. And if anything, just like I said, to begin to pray, to begin to pray mm-hmm. for our country, to pray for this world. And... Yeah, so just be encouraged to do that because God hears us and God answers us and we are empowered to to stand in the gap, to be an intercessor for others or for our country or for, you know, whatever the situation is. So be encouraged and I will let Regina close out in prayer. Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. And as we've discussed today, we thank you that when we pray, you bend down and listen. You hear us. And that when we pray according to your will, you will do what we ask. And so I ask that you would uh, stir our hearts. Lord, forgive us, the people of God, especially in America, for allowing uh, the cares of life, the burdens of life, the busyness of life to distract us from the place of prayer. Remind us, Lord, that you hear us and that you are calling us to partner with you and that we are not helpless, but you have given us weapons that are mighty and that if we will continue to pray, if we will make prayer a lifestyle, that you will work and you will um, fill the earth with the knowledge of your glory. Lord, we pray that, not just for America, but around the world. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Regina, for taking your time and for being on our our podcast today. Um, And thank you to everyone listening. And Regina, where can can they find you? I know you just started a Facebook account. So where can they find you on social media? Uh, on Facebook, uh, Regina Tolls Wilhelm, and that's W-I-L-H-E-L-M as in Mary. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I appreciate you all for joining this episode of Force of Light podcast. And if you'd like to reach out to me, I would love to hear from you all and love to hear your concerns or if you have prayer requests, whatever. If this touch you, I encourage you to email me at forceoflightmedia at gmail.com. Again, forceoflightmedia at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. And also you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as Michelle, that's with two L's, 34 Smith. And as always, I pray that you all are filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. And I will catch you on the next episode of the Force of Light podcast. All right. Thanks, guys.